Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Time now for the nightcap. Who are you talking to right now? Do you know how much I make a year? I mean, even if I told you, you wouldn't believe it. Do you know what would happen if I suddenly decided to stop going into work? A business big enough that it could be listed on the NASDAQ goes belly up. Disappears. It ceases to exist without me. No, you clearly don't know who you're talking to, so let me clue you in. I am the danger. A guy opens his door and gets shot, and you think that of me. No, I am the one who knocks. On WGR Sports Radio 550. This is the Nightcap, WGR Sports Radio 550. Louis DiBiase here, the different DiBiase for you for another hour Going from 8 to 9, Jonathan Simon on the board, Hour 2. We are getting into more Bills talk and the NFL in general. I'll get to my midseason awards. I posted the article. You can check it out on WGR550.com. I'm going to get into that later on, hand out some Bills awards for the midseason. They are halfway through now at 6-2. and two. You should feel pretty good about that. I mean, the Bills right now are in a great spot to make the playoffs for the second time in three years. There are some really good teams in the AFC in front of them, right? I mean, New England, Baltimore, Houston, Kansas City. Those are, to me, the clear top four teams in the conference. But after that, and with two available spots in the wild card, and again, I'm not discounting them from winning the AFC East, but right now you're a game and a half back. You had your to me the the winnable game against New England was at New Era Field week 3 you only lose by 6 points like that was your opportunity not saying they can't go into Gillette and win that football game but right now with the way they are playing on the offensive side of the football and they have been productive in efficient areas or in I should say key areas they've been efficient in those areas on third down uh, in the red zone they are one of the they, right now they have the best red zone touchdown percentage at 71.4% Allen is one of the most accurate passers in the red zone and in the fourth quarter he has four game winning drives this year it's most of any quarterback in football but I think if you asked fans across this city across the country the media as well the reason you would say the Bills still belong in that tier with the Colts, with the Steelers, with the Raiders, you know, the Jaguars and the Chargers, those teams, instead of the Chiefs, Texans, Ravens, and Patriots, is because the quarterback position still right now, you you don't I'm not saying you don't have the answer. Like you you have someone there that you can win. Again, the big thing for the first hour was I was saying you win with Josh Allen, you don't win because of him. So you don't have a liability there under center, but you don't have the player that's going to put you over the top. That once again, if you're in a shootout with Deshaun Watson or Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes, right now people probably don't feel like they have the quarterback to be able to pull them out of those wins. If it comes down to it's a one-score game in the fourth quarter, do I think Allen can do that? Absolutely. He's shown he could do that this year. But once again, that it's going to take more than that. There's going to be times where for four quarters you have to be dominant. And then there's got to be key situations against really good teams that you step up. He has stepped up in the fourth quarter this year, but it's been against teams 
again, he, he shouldn't have to do that in the fourth quarter. It was against the Miami Dolphins, against the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, for a little bit there, they struggled with the New York Giants. Week one against the New York Jets, right? It came down to that game-winning touchdown in the fourth quarter to uh, John Brown. So Allen has shown he can do that in key situations, but it's been against bad teams because he hasn't really been able to put those teams down in the first three quarters. And then when he's gotten the opportunity this year twice to play those good or supposed to be good with Philadelphia Eagles, they've underperformed this year, but nonetheless, that was one of your two really tough tests this year, and Allen did not step up. So he look, it's, it's not over. He's not a bust. This year, he still has the opportunity to show that the Bills can be more than what they are right now, even at 6-2. and But as of right now on paper, they are a team more so that is a one-and-done type of team. They're a playoff contender instead of a Super Bowl contender. I think that's they're in Tier 2. They are not in Tier 1 with, to me, the legitimate teams of New England, Baltimore, Houston, and Kansas City. And a lot of those teams have the young quarterbacks. I threw up a poll that a lot of you have been contributing to uh, at WGR550 and at DiBiase, L-O-E. Go back and pick your 2018 quarterback. Right now, of about 1,500 of you, 54% say Josh Allen, 38% say Lamar Jackson, 5% say Baker Mayfield, and 3% Sam Darnold, which is... Look how far those two have fallen. Those guys are struggling. I mean, again, they have no help. They have two of the worst head coaches in football with Freddie Kitchens in Cleveland and Adam Gase with New York. But all I heard, and Allen and Lamar were my two favorite guys in that class, all I heard that entire year was, you know, Allen doesn't have the accuracy. Lamar Jackson's not even a quarterback, right? It's Baker Mayfield, it's Sam Darnold, and it's Josh Rosen, and those are the players you go with. And it's crazy now, but – uh. Look, Lamar Jackson's on pace right now to make the second straight uh, playoff appearance of his career in just his first two years, and they would have a bye week right now, and he just smacked the Patriots, and you got Josh Allen and the Bills as the five seed. But right now, I think Allen is behind Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar has shown that he can not only make those wild plays Allen is capable of, but he can do it at the same time he can play efficient, mistake-free football, and he has stepped up in the big moments. He's had two back-to-back big-time tests against the Seahawks and against the Patriots, and he beat those teams, and he looked really good. And it wasn't a, a big box score performance from him in the passing game, but he made the key plays that had to be made on fourth down in the fourth quarter, and also with his legs. So we got to, again, 6-2, and two, it feels really good, but a lot of people, I know, I can see you guys talking about it, you're thinking about more already, and that's, and that's really good because I wouldn't blame you for what the Bills have done over the past 20 years, even with a playoff berth two years ago ending the drought. I still wouldn't blame you if you're just saying, I want to get back into the playoffs. I want to continue to have some consistency in making the postseason and just being a good football team. But no, a lot of you out there, and I bet it's the same people that wanted the Sabres to just tank away a season to get Jack Eichel or Connor McDavid because you wanted them to be, you wanted them to go from bad to great. You didn't care about that middle step, right? You didn't want to be in the middle. You didn't want to be average. And a lot of you out there right now are kind of saying the same thing that, yeah, the Bills are six and two, but, you know, looking at the standings and looking at the other teams, people are starting to think more about what could happen in the second round of the playoffs because that's what the Bills' situation is right now. The good thing for them is they really don't have to look behind them a whole lot. If you look at who is behind them, the Bills are the five seed right now. You have the Colts at five and three. I think they are the legitimate team behind them that can make some noise in the postseason. But you got to remember, there's two spots available in the wild card. 
thinking about the teams that are on the outside looking in, Pittsburgh, Oakland, Jacksonville, uh, Tennessee's four and five right now. So are the Chargers. The only the only teams that are I, I could think get hot, and if the Bills struggle down the stretch, they could jump Buffalo is probably, I would say, the Jaguars with Nick Foles, and I would say the Chargers. And the Chargers have won two games straight right now. They're playing really good football. They were under – I mean, this is, to me, closer to the Chargers team that uh, they really are than the team that was struggling that was 2-5. and I think this is the the real Chargers. The problem is it might be a little too late for the Chargers because the Bills are 6-2, and and they play Cleveland this week, and then Miami, so – you know, they could be sitting at 8-2 and two and three, four games ahead of the Chargers in the standings. So that's that's the one positive for the Bills is that there's still time to become more than what you are already right now. You have a tough stretch of four games that's really going to define who this team is before the postseason. You know, you, you play, you have the Dallas Cowboys, the Baltimore Ravens, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and New England in a four-game stretch. You could lose a lot of those games. You could lose one of, you, know, you can lose three of four. You can maybe only win one of those. You could lose all of them and still make the playoffs. But again, that's I don't think a lot of people are going to feel good about that. They they have an opportunity in those games to show that they can be much more. For now, though, again, the good thing is the NFL is kind of like the Bills, where we don't know the legitimacy a lot of, of a lot of these teams, even in the NFC. Right now, I mean, the San Francisco 49ers are 8-0. And, you know, we talk about the Bills. I don't want to call them a phony 6-2 team, but they're certainly not a perennial championship contender at 6-2. The 49ers at 8-0, I think they're, for the level they're at, they are pretenders when it comes to where they're at right now, at an undefeated record halfway through the season. I just I look at Jimmy Garoppolo and the inconsistencies he's had this year, and I can't say he's a title that, that team's a, a title contender. Or the Green Bay Packers, the Dallas Cowboys have struggled with teams like the Jets and the Giants this year, and uh, you know Minnesota. Kirk Cousins can't beat teams that are over 500. And then in, in the AFC, you know I love Deshaun Watson. I think he's an MVP. Uh, caliber quarterback this year, but Houston, they lost Jadavion Clowney. They traded him away. They lost J.J. Watt to a season-ending injury. Their secondary is super suspect. I mean, Houston, they're, we don't know what they are right now. Baltimore, even. They've beaten the Seahawks and the, the Patriots the past two weeks, but one hit and Lamar Jackson's out. That's a different team. They've struggled against the Cleveland Browns this year and the Cincinnati Bengals. They're just, I mean, I still, I would probably say there's maybe two or three teams in each conference you could say, yeah, I I guarantee they'll be fighting for a championship this year. So that's the good thing for the Bills is that they're kind of in the majority of the league that doesn't really know who they are. And that's the thing is the Bills are not, right now they are not there, but there is still a lot of time. There's a lot of opportunities to see Josh Allen and this team jump up to that next tier. They have a lot of teams with them. So, you know, they they can make a deep run this year and not even have to get to that level. You're going to need to get to that level eventually. You're going to need your quarterback to get to that level eventually. But would I be surprised if they could win a game or two in the playoffs this year without ever really figuring that out? No, I wouldn't because, again, the Chiefs, 
the Patriots, those are the two teams I can say, yeah, they're, they're going to be fighting for a championship this year in the AFC. It, would, the, would I be surprised if the Bills beat the Houston Texans in the playoffs or the Baltimore Ravens, right, or the Indianapolis Colts? No, absolutely not. And in the, in the NFC, I like the Saints. I like the Packers. But do I like the Packers enough to say that no matter what, they're going to be an elite team this year, even at 7-2? I, I, would, I would not say that. So that's the good thing for the Bills. The NFL is kind of wide open right now, and there's just a lot of teams that just really don't know who they are. And that's, it's, it's crazy because, I don't know, this, it's, it's been a weird NFL year. You know, 2018, there was just this offensive uh, evolution, a revolution, right, where – the quarterbacks, there was like 24 quarterbacks that had completed over 62% of their throws. There were a lot of really good teams. And this year it's kind of been back to the old ways where there's a lot of parity in the league. You have your Patriots team that's 8-1, and one, but there's been a lot of injuries. You know, Patrick Mahomes has been out a lot this year. Andrew Luck retires. Um, ben Roethlisberger is out. Nick Foles got injured. And uh, who else? Who else am I forgetting? Oh yeah, Drew Brees was out for a lot of the time in New Orleans, and it's just—it's kind of caused a very up and down roller coaster type of season in the NFL. So it, we're halfway through, and we're really going to figure out a lot about this Bills team, a lot about Josh Allen and the NFL. We're taking your calls eight zero three zero five fifty. This is Louis DiBiase here on the Nightcap. You can also contribute to the conversation on Twitter at WGR550 and at DiBiase LOE. Another look at that poll. If you could go back and pick your 2018 quarterback, who would you choose? 54% say Josh Allen, 38% say Lamar Jackson, 5% say Baker Mayfield, and 3% say Sam Darnold. It, it is crazy. The Bills take on the Browns this Sunday, and I, I can't believe how fall how far they've fallen. And the Browns were the they were the darling of the offseason, right? They they had Jarvis Landry, Baker Mayfield had a really good record-setting uh, rookie season. He was to me the most accurate rookie I've ever seen, and they have great young talent on defense. Nick Chubb, one of the best running backs in football in year two. They bring in Kareem Hunt. They trade for Odell Beckham, and it just none of it has worked at all. I mean, how many? people predicted the Browns to make the playoffs. I think a lot thought they were a lock to make the postseason. And here they are at 2-6. and six. They couldn't even beat the Denver Broncos with Brandon Allen as their quarterback. So, look, this isn't a team to sleep on for the Bills. It is a much tougher 2-6 and six team than the teams they've been playing. Again, Washington, that's a, that's a breeze. Even though they struggled through Miami, that's not a team that's keeping you up at night. Cleveland is a team that has talent. You can't certainly sleep on them, but it's another week where if the, if the Bills beat them, I'm not going to be sitting here saying, oh, we, now we know the Bills are a legitimate team in the AFC. I mean, it, it would be a, a better win than what they've had, but Cleveland at 2-6, and six, Sal Capaccio was on WGR earlier talking about the Browns and where they are at in the, in the season right now, and he was really pointing to the head coach, Freddie Kitchens, and the culture. And I felt the same way in the offseason about what, what Sal was saying, how all these little distractions are really hurting the football team. You have these outbursts from Baker Mayfield and the, the cleat issue with Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham last week against Denver. 
with a team that is very inexperienced when it comes to winning, even O.L. Beckham, I mean, he was in New York. The Giants, he made the playoffs one time, and outside of that, they were a losing football team, and he was catching passes from a shot Eli Manning. So they were young. They had a first-year head coach that really clearly doesn't have control of that locker room. It was a very it's kind of like Josh Allen as a quarterback when you took him coming out of Wyoming it was either going to be boom or it was going to be bust there wasn't really going to be a middle ground here and right now the Browns have found the basement they have not found that ceiling the the team has struggled and they're young and they're rattled and they don't know how to overcome adversity right now and they have to play a disciplined for everything I've been talking about with the Bills today on the show and about how they can get to that next level for everything we're saying about that with how disciplined this football team is from a coaching standpoint, from a defensive standpoint, even on the offensive side of the ball, for the most part this year, I mean, they've gotten the job done. They have, they have scored points and they have, they've, they've finished. So Cleveland coming into Buffalo, I mean, that's a, or, you know, it's, it's at home, but they got to take on the bills this Sunday. It's it's a team that it's going to continue to probably be the, the disappointment of the NFL. It's just, I, I can't believe how low, though, it has come, especially for Baker Mayfield. He just looks like a completely different player. 58.7% of his throws have been completed this year compared to 63.8% last year. He had uh, 27 touchdowns in his rookie season and in 14 picks. This year, he already he's only two picks away from matching the amount he had in a 16-game span last year. He has only seven touchdowns this year, 12 interceptions. He can't get Odell Beckham involved at all. And again, I'm a ceiling guy to a fault in talking about this poll and who you'd rather have. Baker Mayfield wasn't a guy I liked back then, and now maybe it's an over-exaggeration because of the situation he has right now at at, uh, head coach and just the team is reeling and he's just not playing well. But, I mean, that's a guy in the first place that's undersized. He doesn't really have the mobility that people thought he did at Oklahoma. It's very Johnny Manziel-esque where he's, he's got scrappy mobility I want to say or just he doesn't have the the straight line speed where nose tackles can outrun Baker Mayfield so you had a guy already that was undersized that was you know does doesn't have the biggest arm just he doesn't have the ceiling that a Lamar Jackson has or a Josh Allen and now the accuracy isn't there and that was the big part of why you take him first overall is that he has what was record-setting accuracy at Oklahoma and in Cleveland his first year, and you're not getting that this year. Again, he's under 60% of his throws. It's just it's he, he's a guy I would probably rather have everybody else in that class, maybe not Josh Rosen. And again, I don't know if I'm over-exaggerating this. I don't know if I'm overreacting, but it has been that bad for Baker Mayfield where just every time I watch him, he just he doesn't make any wow plays. He doesn't make any of those impressive eye-popping throws that he did last year. And it's it's hard to use the excuse for a head coach because, yeah, Freddie Kitchens is the play caller, and that can severely hold back an offense when your coach is performing at this level that Kitchens is at. But you have Odell Beckham as one of your wide receivers. Your other one is Jarvis Landry. You have Nick Chubb in the backfield, and you can't get those guys involved. That's It's brutal to the point where now we're talking about Odell Beckham maybe getting traded again in the offseason. I mean, Odell Beckham right now, he still has 575 yards. He's on pace to break 1,000 yards this year, but he only has one touchdown. 
He's only had one, uh, two games where he's had over a hundred receiving yards. That it's imploding. That whole situation just does not seem like it's going to work out. And here now, suddenly you have Odell Beckham potentially on the move in the off season. We, you know, we talked. We had a caller talking about the the Bills' number one wide receiver, and if there's somebody out there that they can bring in to be that bona fide number one. And I've gotten a lot of questions. Do I think Odell Beckham could be that guy for Buffalo? I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the situation that he's dealing with in Cleveland right now with Baker Mayfield. It's a similar spot where Allen is not at the low point of Mayfield this year, but I feel like it's the same situation where Odell is going to go to a, a smaller city, a smaller market, with a team that isn't guaranteed to be a championship contender. The Bills are certainly more inclined to be that, to become that, than the Browns right now. But it just it feels like for me, if it was going to be Odell Beckham in Buffalo, it's definitely a move that I would make if it doesn't cost you, you know, two, three first-round draft picks, right? He would instantly be your top wide receiver. He would make things happen for Josh Allen, but I feel like it would have to go perfect. I think it would you would it would have to go perfect where he's getting the ball all the time. They're winning football games. And I'm not saying, you know, Odell Beckham's this diva, this Antonio Brown level guy that's gonna break your locker room if that doesn't happen. But for me it's just it's it hasn't worked out now in two different areas where the quarterback hasn't been good for him. They haven't been winning football games. And especially if he's not in the you know, he's a guy that I feel like wants to be in LA. He wants to be in New York, right? The big apple. At least he was in New York City when he was with the Giants. With Buffalo, with Cleveland, that's a player to me that, I don't know, he just doesn't seem like a guy that would really fit. I think talent-wise, he absolutely would. And if it only costs you maybe one first-round pick or a couple picks here or there, you, you take that chance because he has that elite talent. But at the same time, I don't know. It, it would be something that I don't really see happening. And, you know, the Bills had an opportunity to do it this offseason when the Giants made Odell Beckham available, and it seemed more like the Bills were before that. They were trying to get Antonio Brown. So this is a Cleveland team again on Sunday that they've got talent. The Bills can't sleepwalk through this game like they did against Miami, like they've done you know, kind of against a team like Cincinnati. If you do that, this Browns team does have enough talent to punch you in the mouth. But it's another game that I feel like you're not really going to learn a whole lot about what this Bills team is based on how much Cleveland really has imploded at every aspect, on defense, at quarterback, you know, wide receivers not happy, and your head coach probably being on the hot seat already in year one, and he's not even halfway through his rookie season as a head coach. Louis DiBiase here in for my brother Joe DiBiase, a.k.a. Sneaky Joe on the nightcap. Jonathan Simon on the board. We care, we're going to continue to take your calls at 803-0550. We will hear from Paul Hamilton. He was on with Mike Shope and the Bulldog earlier, so we're going to play that back later on. The Sabres are in Sweden. They are trying to really end this three-game losing streak. They've lost four of their last five games. they got to bounce back in Sweden on Friday at 2 o'clock. They're taking on Tampa Bay. And then later on, I'll also get into my Bills midseason awards. Again, Louis DiBiase here. This is the Nightcap on WGR. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. 
coworker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. You know, to come here and have some Swedish blood has definitely been good for the way my past evolved me as a coach with some North American and some European, especially Swedish elements in the way I as a coach like to like to coach a team. So, uh, you know, again, having having Swedes there is, uh, has been a really good thing. That was Sabres head coach Ralph Kruger. The Buffalo Sabres are in Sweden. They take on the Tampa Bay Lightning on Friday at 2 o'clock. They really got to bounce back here. I think they're making a lot of fans nervous right now. They have that 10-game winning streak in the back of their heads from last year, and the Sabres really collapsed after that. It seemed like they almost had a 100% chance of making the playoffs. And because of that, I feel like people have been weary. They've been hesitant to really embrace how good this team started off the, the season, and we're kind of seeing the reasons people were nervous right now. They have dropped four of their last five games. They're on a three-game losing streak. So now you got Tampa Bay on Friday and Saturday. That's a good team with a lot of offensive firepower. So it's, it's an opportunity here for the Sabres to bounce back and kind of put a lot of fans, their minds at ease. So again, they are in Sweden. They take on Tampa Bay on Friday. You can hear that right here on WGR Sports Radio 550. I want to get into now... Mike Schopen, the Bulldog, their conversation with our own Paul Hamilton. He was on earlier talking about the Sabres, their matchup with Tampa Bay, and just the, the situation that they're in right now, losing four of their last five. So that's we're gonna, what we're going to get into right now. Paul Hamilton with Mike Schopen, the Bulldog. It's Paul Hamilton. I Googled it on Twitter. I thought maybe, you know, I, yeah, I'd no. ask I'd ask fans. He has the facts to back up his opinions. It's so positive, uh, and, you know, people are so happy to put their names on everything they write. On WGR Sports Radio 550. I think Paul might like a lot of what we've talked about today. The announcers? and uh, Yeah, old games. Yeah. Right? I don't know, Paul. What are you, uh, do you? Do you spend any time d- diving down the YouTube sports rabbit hole at all? <laughs> not, not a whole lot. Every now and then, I, I like to watch old Buffalo Braves games. Oh, that's good. That's on and, YouTube. Sometimes yeah, they have, they have uh, Bob McIntyre scored fifty in a playoff game against the Bullets, and they have every basket he scored in that game. And the, the graphics are hilarious. It's Brent Musburger and Oscar Robertson on CBS. Mm-hmm. And the old music to get into the game because it was a national televised game since it's a playoff game. And just to see Randy Smith and McAdoo and all them running up and down the court right. uh, the way they used to run the run the ball, it was it's kind of fun to watch. Not to mention Wes Unseld and Elvin Hayes. Those would have been key men for the Washington Bullets sure. in those days. Phil <laughs> Chenier played in that game. <laughs> was it a nationally televised game that was on at 11.30 at night on tape? <laughs> <laughs> I bet it was. If it wasn't a weekend... <laughs> Would you have gone to those games? Did I? I didn't go to any Bullets games, no. 
Braves. Braves. Like, <laughs> Braves games. Uh, oh, was that game in Washington or something? I don't know. I thought you meant that that specific yeah. game. Series. Yeah, no, just in general. Yeah, I, I actually went to the uh, Braves Celtics series, uh, which was JoJo White finished off with a controversial uh, yeah. foul at the uh, free throw line. That is for me. Like there are just things that you remember for reasons outside of the outcome, but the, like that—that's a famous, famous, famous game. Um, do you remember the referee, the official's name? I do. I don't. Is it Garretson? I think that's Daryl Garretson. Yeah, I think that's it. That's the name that I, I sort of have in my head. That might—I'm not positive that's okay. right. That is a guy. That 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 happens, and I'm so mad about this that. I like some maybe maybe I was wearing a, a sweatshirt or something. Some article of clothing came off of me, and I was like swinging it around, and it hit something that was on top of the television set. Like got caught on something. The antenna, the, perhaps? maybe the antenna. I don't know what, but it was it was a mess. Like you know, nothing got broken. It wasn't a disaster, but it was a display of emotion that my father just found completely unacceptable. Wow, and he reprimanded me, uh, and I felt I you know I I felt very bad. I was sent to my room like that was it. I mean the game was over. I mean so you know that was that. You were punished, but I got punished for that, and I remember that. And it's like one of those things like okay, don't don't overreact to the sporting event. Like try to maintain your composure is something I've tried to teach my kids as they are whatever their endeavors are, whether it's sports or not. Like keep your cool, you know. Um, but uh, and that that is the first time that that lesson got taught to me was watching that brave Celtics playoff game. Well, I was up in the oranges for game game three or four, I believe it was game four. It was when uh, Gar Hurd won it at the buzzer. Uh, he tapped the ball back up and they won at the buzzer. And I jumped up in the air and got pushed as I went up, and I I didn't I went right down the stairs in the oranges, right from the standing room all the way down, and then it it was kind of like sliding into a base. I kind of slid into the concrete barrier as I got down to the bottom. So it was uh, wow. Sore. I was a little sore after. Paul, that, that's a long that's a long roll like that. That's yeah. Well, wow. I didn't roll. I, I slid down. Oh yeah, still yeah. Because I was in the air and I landed on my butt, so I, I was just started sliding down. I wasn't forward rolling down, Oof. and uh, yeah, I was a little sore, but at least the Braves won. At least the Braves won. There is a sports fan talking. <laughs> By the way, Bulldog did not mention that his father did the same thing to him on Friday night when the Sabers <laughs> lost in Washington. He, he wouldn't. He wouldn't yep. give him any any more uh, dessert. So this is still a problem. So with the Sabers, Paul, like the the last half a dozen games or so, not good results. Um, are are you thinking that maybe we're seeing the team we expected overall? I don't know. They're starting to slide somewhat. I mean, you look at goal scoring, we can start there. I mean, they were in the top of the league for a long time. They're down to 17th now. They've only scored seven goals in their last five games. And now, uh, you know, they've, you know, they only average 2.93 goals per game. And then when you, when you have that drastic, uh, a problem scoring goals, you're going to have problems winning games. And they have had problems winning games lately. They're, Seventh in the league now in points percentage at 667. So they've gone down a little there. I mean, they were number one for mm-hmm. a good good while. And now they haven't played since the one nothing loss. And they've slipped to seventh. So 
Um, the, you know, even the standings, if you go by points, you know, the Bruins are starting to pull away a little bit. The Bruins are four points ahead of them. But Buffalo, even though they haven't played any games, are still a point ahead of the Maple Leafs. And, you know, the, none of the other teams in the division have caught them, right. which is good. So, uh, but, you know, it's, it's basically they haven't been scoring goals lately. Right. The Capitals, the Islanders, the Blues, the Oilers, the Canucks have all passed them. Point, Points-wise. And, you know, some of those teams have played a game more than them or so. The Islanders have played a game fewer, actually. That's what a 10-game win streak, don't we know it, uh, will do for you. And, like, look, I mean, no one, right? I mean, it's fun to start like they started. Um, and no one – I was not expecting them to win the division, okay? Uh, like a wire-to-wire or something. Um, the Bruins are quality. I mean, there, there's no, nothing fluky about them winning games and being ahead of you. Um, you know, we'll see who else you can hold at bay here, you know? Um Obviously, you know, Tampa's the, staring them in the face for two in a row here, and that's a team that I also will expect over another 20 or 30 games to pass you. I, let's hope it takes that long because that would mean to me I'm expecting Tampa to get right, and that would mean that Buffalo is, you know, they're, they're still winning uh, regularly enough that they're not just, you know, falling like a rock here. Um so, you know, they've, they've, they've got some things to try to straighten up. I wonder how much, like, a week of practice will do them, how much good it will do them. Well, Tampa's minus three in goal differential. I mean, they're 6-5-2. and two. Go get them. Right. You know, and, you know, Buffalo, yeah, they're struggling a little bit too right now, but go get them. I mean, here's a good opportunity because you're right. Tampa eventually is going to get going. You're six points ahead of Tampa. Go win a couple of games in Sweden on them, and go get ten points ahead of them. Merge and make it a little more difficult. You know, I'm, I'm even if you're ten points ahead of them, I still wouldn't guarantee anything that you're going to finish ahead of them in the right. standings. But uh, you know, I, I think you've got a golden opportunity here, even though it's the beginning of November, to just make things a little more difficult on them. And uh, you know, especially, I mean, you can get pumped up. You got all the Swedes on your team. They're they're happy to be home. They want to play in front of their families and their home fans and get pumped up and make it difficult on the Lightning. That was Paul Hamilton on with Mike Shope and the Bulldog earlier today talking about the Sabres, the situation they're in right now. They're reeling. They've lost four of their last five games, and they take on Tampa Bay in Sweden on Friday. We'll hear more from Paul coming up. we just got to take a quick, short timeout right here on the Nightcap. Louis DiBiase in for my brother Joe. Jonathan Simon on the board. This is WGR. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. All right, Louis DiBiase here wrapping up. This edition of the Nightcap in for my brother Joe DiBiase, Jonathan Simon, running the board like a champ. We're going to continue the conversation earlier that we were playing with Mike Chopin, the Bulldog, talking with our own Paul Hamilton. Get into some Sabres talk. We'll continue that right here on WGR. What's the story with Darlene so far this year? Aren't we all wondering? Yeah, I, for me, it's just a kid who's 19. I, I remember Hedman. I don't remember exactly the problems Hedman had when he was just coming into the league, but he certainly wasn't anything close to what he is right now. I don't remember if he was giving the puck away like Darlene is or mm-hmm. what exactly his problems were, but he certainly was not the defenseman he is now. And I think Darlene always had it easy. I mean, he's always played in leagues where he's been the best guy, and all of a sudden, he at 18 years old, he winds up in the best league in the world. And it started off pretty well, but then the folks in the best league in the world figured him out and what they needed to do, and that is get on him, hit him, rush him, and you know make make him make him make plays quicker than he wants to make plays, and you know he's got to get used to that. He will, I you know I, I'm not real worried about him. I think you know at some point in the next this year or the next year or so he'll figure it out and he'll be better. But um, I just think it's a 19 year old trying to figure out his way in the best league in the world and getting used to the fact that he's he can pull thing you know, he used to be, do whatever he wanted to. Yeah. He can't do whatever he wants to in the National Hockey League. I, I would love to. I mean, I don't know that you know, anyone would ever is going to you know, provide us this opportunity, but th- that's a guy that I'd love. And maybe the Sabres, somebody on the Sabres coaching staff could do this for you, or it would take an opponent. But, like, how, how it looks to me like – guys are being told to just go straight at him as Absolutely. opposed to like a lot of players you you watch you know you, you if you watch enough hockey a lot of what you're doing when you're defending is trying to anticipate where a guy is going to go right so you're trying to head him off and so you're 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 guessing he likes to go to his right that's his strong hand or whatever and take away a lane or what instead it looks like guys are just going r- right at Darlene. that's the tactic don't anticipate just attack him and that'll catch him off guard cuz he's wait he's waiting for you to give up where you're going where you think he's going then he's going to react to that and instead they're just coming right at him and you know i think it will take him some time but i expect that he'll figure out a way to counteract that right now it's still i think catching him off guard i'd love to know if that's right i mean that's just that's just well, it me absolutely is right yeah? I mean, you can see it i mean teams weren't doing that to start with and then they figured it out they said get on this guy fast and just go straight at him even with two guys i mean surround him come left come right surround him get on him fast don't hesitate 
And that makes him hesitate. He's like, oh, no, I have no room. What do I do? Because you've got to remember, he's used to a bigger ice surface. So he's used to having a little bit more time in those situations to figure out what he wants to do. Well, they're on him in no time now, and he has to make a decision, and very often that decision is not a good decision right now. I think he will make better decisions as he gets older. The uh, Islander game, it was reminiscent, I thought, of games from the 90s when you just hate how tough it is to see a play made. (laughs) There was a power play in the second period when the Sabres were just really clicking, but they could not get a shot through. It looked like they were playing against six goalies (laughs) in the middle of that game. Um, you know the Islanders, they're 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 to say the least so far repeating yep. the success they had last year, and they need to be taken seriously. I mean, it's not pretty, but that was a team that, like, they were a second round team with a hundred right. points. They, I, they hate, I hate watching them. I just me hate too. It. Yeah, I, it's I, just yeah. It was like watching paint dry, and I understand the object of the game is to win, and they do a lot of that. They're eleven and three. And they do a lot of winning. They did a lot of winning last year. But it just is painful to watch. I mean, they just, they don't make a mistake. Their their sticks are in the lane. They're in the passing lanes. They're in the shooting lanes. They're up in the neutral zone. They give you no ice whatsoever. And they they wait for the opportunity to pounce on you. And when they get that opportunity, they put it in the net. And it, it's just... It's a horrible game to watch, but they right. win. So, I mean, that's what Barry Trotz has to do with that team, and they do it perfectly. Yeah, they put it in the net even if it's from behind the net, which is how that happened on, on Saturday night, as it were. Um, but, yeah, I mean, absolutely, Paul. Like, I, I respect the effort that that takes because playing the game that way also is not fun. You know, like, guys want to be creative. Guys want to have fun. But to get a team to buy into playing that way – is um like I admire it in a certain way. I don't want to watch it either, <laughs> right? But I respect that they get the level of buy-in and effort, uh, and the coach has their attention to that extent because it is, it, it was plain to watch that on Saturday. Like they they were just sticks on everything. You just could not, you just could not operate. And which, the Sabers played their game. They didn't give up much defensively. Right? I mean, it was a much improved game from that Washington game. Uh, but you know they they had a couple of opportunities. Like, what did they have? Two two crossbar or a crossbar and a post maybe. Yeah, that they actually did beat the goaltender. But uh, you know they just no matter how hard they tried, it didn't matter. They were putting forth max effort. They just couldn't get all that many great opportunities on the Islander net. One other thing about today's show, I think you might have liked, is this conversation we had about what the fantasy commissioner should do uh, when someone in the league claims that a roster move they made wasn't what they really wanted to have happen. Like, it just, there was a glitch or something. Like, could you ever allow that? I'd have to hear the situation. Okay. You know. I put in for this player, and I got that player. You you maybe hit the wrong yeah that's right I, I said operator error is where i'm gonna land on that and and you know i'm gonna trust that the website didn't send you the wrong guy but you i you know, know I, I i mean what i'm about to say as a compliment to you paul i think what paul might do is put it to the group and i because i feel like you're all you would always do that there have been situations where you have done that about the format and about different things like you want to make sure the most the more important thing to you i think is that we don't have any sort of problem 
Yeah, and, and I think when you put it to the group, it's a fair way to do it. You know, if if somebody objects, then you know, then somebody objects to it. So that's the way. When I when I really don't have an opinion either way, I'll put it to the group and see what happens. There it is. All right, Paul. Well, enjoy uh, continuing to watch Buffalo Braves games on on YouTube <laughs> on your phone. I suggest it. You, you know, I, I'm not watching them on my phone. Oh, that's right. Um, <laughs> good point. I will do it. I will do it. I, I mean, Musburger, there, there's a legend right there, and he's on those games. He's a young guy then. Just Google Bob McAdoo's 50 points, and you'll be right there. And Musburger is still doing NFL. He's do, he's the Raiders radio announcer, if you didn't know. That's amazing. Heading for Vegas. Yeah. And, Mike, one thing you will notice, I'll, I'll tell you right away, because you will notice it when they do the starting lineups. They have the Washington guards on the Braves side and the Braves guards on the Washington side on a network broadcast. So they screwed up the So graphics. Randy Smith is starting for the Washington uh, Bullets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, again, this was on at 1130 at night. <laughs> I mean, it's not like the best. The A-team best. was producing it probably. Right. Right. That's a real thing about the NBA. If you didn't know, in the seventies, like the playoffs game, playoff games were shown on tape, often, sometimes. Thank you, Paul. Take care, guys. All right, that was Paul Hamilton's conversation with Mike Shope and the Bulldog earlier on. We are uh, we're wrapping up right here on the nightcap. Louis DiBiase in for my brother Joe and Jonathan Simon on the board. Tomorrow we will not be back. It's Thursday night football, and it's a good one. It really impacts the Bills. I don't know who you would root for, but it's Chargers against the Raiders, both teams really battling for a wild card spot in the AFC. But that's going to do it for us here. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Had a lot of fun filling in today, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow with uh, Thursday night football, Chargers at Raiders. Have a good night, everybody. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.